coming up on The Dr. John Deloney Show. I really do not like sex. I think the word I use is like, I resent it. It feels very mandatory. I also just have this feeling like I genuinely don't need it. It's causing issues because I know my husband needs it. I was gonna say, are you married? What's up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. Man, I'm so glad that you've joined us on this special series of episodes we're putting together. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. And I know a lot of you are like, oh, dude, I hate Valentine's Day, bro. It's such a corporate... Shut up. It's Valentine's Day. And we wanted to celebrate it by taking calls that deal with love, sex, marriage, all of it. All of it. So today is the first of two themed shows where we focus on nothing but relationships, sex, and intimacy. And relationships are not just like about or, or the stuff you see in Hallmark movies, right? Those movies that Kelly watches all the Actually, Kelly doesn't. She's more of a uh, Law & Order SVU. That's more of like Ben. Ben is all about the uh, romantic comedies, the Hallmark movies. 100%. So for the next two shows, we're going to pull back the curtain and we're going to talk about real questions about real relationships. We're going to talk about real questions about sex. So if you got little kids, I don't know, maybe maybe not the series. Maybe, I don't know, let them go watch Bluey. And maybe you sit down with somebody that you love and y'all can listen to the shows together. Buckle up. So looking forward to it. And uh, Kelly, you told me we're going to kick off today with the lightning round. Oh my God. <laughs> Ah, uh, fantastic. I would have got a velvet coat, man, or a, and a lava lamp. That was good, man. <laughs> I like that. Some Swisher Sweets. That would have been good, dude. Way to go. Fantastic. All right, so lightning round. So if you, for those of you who have never been with us on a lightning round, I have absolutely 100% no idea what they're about to ask. And so they're just going to bring the thunder, which is a terrible or thing to lightning. say for the... Uh, Sex and intimacy week. You're gonna yes. br- you are gonna ask a lot of questions. Yes, and these are all under the sex and intimacy category. Awesome. So buckle up, everybody. <laughs> but let's let's go. Or unbuckle. Or unbuckle. Uh, unbuckle. There you go. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. The first one. What do you mean when you say that you have to practice desire? Oh man. Um. We as a culture we worship at the altar of our feelings and so we think that if i don't feel quote unquote in love i don't feel quote unquote attracted i don't feel whatever that that is the end all be all that's the truth and that's it's feelings are very very important they're important signals that you need to feel and ask yourself what are they telling you same as if you're driving on the road and there's flashing neon signs in front of you while you're driving in traffic you need to look at those signs but that's not the destination that's not where you're going Right. So when it comes to practicing desire, what I mean is desire over time is a choice. It is something not that is just like, it's not a whim. It's not just a, well, it's just the way that is. No, dude, practicing desire is important. And so I'm going to practice taking care of myself so that I'm, I'm my best. I'm going to practice, um, meeting my partner's needs. I'm going to practice leaning in and having hard conversations or really sexy, intimate conversations, et cetera. So that's practicing desire. That's what I mean when I say that. All right. You've mentioned before that some people can't have sex with dirty dishes in the sink. How do I find what out? How do I find out what those things are for my spouse? Ooh, ready? This is good. I went to a lot of grad school for this, this answer. Um, 
Drum roll, please, America. You ask. Ta-da! Ta-da! Um, I think I think if you are a couple on the same page, you're a couple that's like, hey, here's where we are with our sex life, and here's where we would like it to be. We want it to be less um, chores, less um, like I got a checklist, and more. Let's see if we can get the wallpaper to peel itself off the wall, right? That's that's where we want to head. The conversation often couples jump in and they start with, "What sex act do you want to try?" And that's fun. That's exciting. It's it's it's, it's a blast. But I wouldn't recommend starting there most of the time. Most of the time, you back up and say, okay, what is a world where you feel the most sexy? If you go back the last two or three times, four or five times, when you have, I've gotten home and you just want to get it on, what was going on in that world? And want to begin to listen to our bodies as we move forward. So if you find yourself about to get it on and you're thinking about the dishes, call it out because we're practicing this thing together as we move forward. So call that out or Dude, I've just got to go make sure the, the downstairs basement's locked up. Okay, okay, weird. But go make sure it's locked up. Or maybe next time, I'm going to make sure it's locked up before I head upstairs. So listen to your body over time. Cool. All right. My spouse overshares about our relationship to his family and friends. How do I tell him to stop? Again, man, you lucked out with a genius like me. Hang on to your hats, America. Tell him to stop. <laughs> Ta-da. Uh, I... Number one, tell them to stop. Number two, here's how I would frame that. Um, I don't feel safe when parts of my intimate private life are shared among other people. It makes me feel exposed and unsafe. Please don't make me feel unsafe. That is a language that is different than I don't want you to or why do you? That's different. Um, Get to the root of why you don't want someone to know. Um, And it may be, it may be, like you can get to the bottom of it and you're like, I don't know, I'm just overreacting. I just think talking about sex is weird and I guess it's not. Um, that might be you. And it might be I, you feel so viscerally exposed. You feel uncomfortable. You feel Whatever the thing is, um, speak there. Not just at the, I want my way, but at the, here's how you make me feel. I feel like that buzzer is like saying wrong answer. <laughs> it's so good. It is, it is a bit harsh. Wrong All right, so if your partner initiates sex, but you don't want to at that moment, should you still do it? Man, why you got to set me up like that? Um, jeez, this one's a tricky one. So here's how I'll answer this in multiple ways. If you don't want to because your partner hurt you, or you are being abused, or you know your partner, or assume your partner is cheating on you, it might be bringing somebody else's diseases into your bed, or whatever. No. Absolutely not. If you are somebody, man or woman, I don't care who, takes some time to warm up, or you're tired, you're not quote-unquote feeling it right now, but you know over time, if you just like let it ride, you start getting into it, then you're you're never glad that you you're never not glad that you went ahead and did it right. So if that's you, then yes, then I need to know I'm really tired right now. I just want to go to bed. I am not gonna regret. In fact, I'm gonna really be happy myself with myself if we go ahead and do this. And I can tell my partner's really into it. So um, it that's not a is is that a safe answer? I don't want to be safe answer, but is, that feels right. Yes, because I think that's where the question's leaning. It's that you know, everybody's safe in the room and everything like that, but it's that, man, I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. But then, like you said, 
But I'm always glad we do. Exactly. Halfway through, I'm like, okay, this was yeah. a much better decision right. than watching The Office, right? Right. Um, I think listen to your body and also be honest with yourself. Like, if you know in 10 or 15 minutes you're going to be glad you're into this, then go for it, man. Um, and it goes back to that idea, like, feelings are important signals, but they're not truth tellers. And, um, yeah, I, I really want to just double click on the on the abuse thing, man. If you don't feel like it because you're not safe, because you just, like, your partner doesn't care about your needs at all, and it's all about him getting off or her, what, if, if that's the case, not in that moment, but you need to have a conversation about a much harder, broader conversation. All right, this one's a little longer, so bear with me. What do you mean when you tell partners that their spouse is not something to fix? When an individual in a relationship has baggage that they need to work through, how do you do this without coming at them from a fixing standpoint? Um, the best example I give you is last night. My my wife and I went for a long walk, uh, like we like we've we've started doing the last year or so, and I, I just love it. Um, we we're going for a long walk and she was walking me through some things she's been thinking through and working through. And I said, could I give you a word of caution? And her response was, no, thank you. And I had to exhale for a second and then move on with my day. And it was a bold moment of strength for her to say, no, thank you. And I was trying to love her the best I could, but what she didn't need from me in that moment evident by her telling me so was my wisdom, my, my wisdom, my advice, my answers. What she needed was a safe place to tell what she's working through, what she's thinking about, what she's feeling and what she's going to do next. And part of love often is letting somebody do their thing and to be with them when they're doing it, to be with them when it's super successful and be with them when it falls in on itself. And so um, I, I think go back to the original question there. Oh, about fixing. I think all of this can be solved with a very simple phrase. Seek to be um, with, not over. When you start giving advice, the posture, everything about advice is, I know something you don't know. I'm in an elevated position from you. I can see what's happening and you can't. Um, That is different than, I'll sit here with you. I know what I would do, but man, I don't have all the answers either and I'm not you. And, Seek to be with, seek to be with, seek to be with. Um, husbands especially have a tendency. We just are loved by our utility. What can you do? You're a human doing, right? And so when people in our lives are hurting, we just want to go fix it. We want to make it right because that's how we achieve love. That's not how relationships work over time. My partner wants to try something new in the bedroom and I'm not comfortable with it. What should I do? Say I'm not comfortable with it. Um. I think there's a, uh, again, this isn't every couple, um, and there's jerks and idiots everywhere. Um, often I think when couples get stuck on like, I want to try this one sex move. I want to try this one position. I want to try this one thing. Um, the instant response is I'm not doing that. Sometimes that response is I'm not doing that because I've never seen it. I don't even know. What, what are you talking about? That sounds weird. That sounds like it's going to be awful. It's whatever you're feeling. So you're instantly trying to protect yourself, which is, which is great. Um, and your partner can often feel like, oh, there's, there's a part of me that you don't love because I'm interested in this and you're not, right? So you get this weird tension. Often I've seen that diffused with like some laughter 
and some, okay, like, what do you, why do you want to do that? Like, what is it about that thing? And often there's some eroticism around talking about, well, it would feel good if, and I want to try this. And I think you are filling the blank, like getting to the bottom of why you want to try that, what you're thinking about, what are some alternative things we could do, or I'll try this instead of it. That becomes an, an erotic conversation in and of itself, if you'll allow it, if it doesn't become this, uh, like, fight, like, I want to do this, and you never let, then you're just an idiot. But if you are really getting to the bottom of, why do you, why do you want to try that? Um, then I, I think, I think, I think you can get there and it's a lot more fun. All right. On the flip side of that, how do you bring up something new that you want to try, but you're unsure if your partner will be comfortable, comfortable with it? <laughs> so I have developed, I didn't develop anything. Um, so two years ago, I did a live event uh, and I said, hey, here's what everyone needs to do. Um, it's for, it's going to cost like 15 cents. Go to Walgreens and buy like 10 or 15 just envelopes, empty envelopes. And I call it the John Deloney erotic envelopes system and go buy 10 or 15 envelopes, get note cards and you get five and she gets five. Or you get seven and she gets seven, whatever. And just write down what something you want to you do. Whatever, let the what do you th- what let the freak flag fly. Whatever, like I really want to try this. I want to try this. I want to try this. And <laughs> uh, as uh, my wife put in one time, I just opened it up and oh, here's like once a month, once a week, whatever. Just commit. We're gonna give it the old college try. We're gonna open this up and we are gonna figure this out. It may not work. It may be a disaster, but we're going to go into it with a spirit of exploration and fun and laughter and not a, <gasps> and again, going back to, if you open it up and you're like, I don't know how this is physically pot, like what? Have that conversation. Make that a fun, like, how does this even, what are you talking about? Right? Have that conversation. Uh, my wife one time, uh, <laughs> she put on one French kissing. Oh, I felt like I got robbed. But it's just French kissing. She's like, we used to, in college, we just French kissed. And I like that. And I miss it. So that was in the envelope. And that's what we did. And it was kind of awesome. We had just held hands and like made out. It was awesome. So anyway, all I have to say is put whatever you want in there. I just want to go hold your hand. On 30 minutes, I want to hold your hand. That's it. That's it. Put it in the envelope. Um, Then what happens, kind of like questions for humans, it ends up being... I'm not the weird one. The card is the weird thing, right? So there's a little bit of deflection there where the card can take some of the <laughs> what um, and let it let it roll. What I will tell you is this. If you have something you want to try or a couple of different sex acts that your partner's not doing and you want to get you, if you try over the course of two months, five months, two years, 10 years to hem-haul your way through it or to like kind of subtly or not so subtly encourage it, you're setting up, you're going to be disappointed. Your partner's going to be, is going to know they're not doing something right. They're not going to know what it is and they're not going to know how to talk about it. You are setting yourself up on a track of dysfunction. Don't do that. Don't hold secrets. Just say, I want to try this thing. Hopefully over time, you develop enough rapport with the person, I don't know, you're going to make humans with, that you buy a house with, that you can say, hey, I'm into this thing. I'm going to try it. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. That's all. And also don't bully. Oh, for sure. Tell, tell me more about that. Well, just don't bully your partner into, well, I want to, and you don't. I don't get what I want. Or, no, you know, if you loved me. Stupid and cowardly you know. and lame. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Yes, don't don't be like that. Absolutely, 100%. just don't be like that anywhere. In anywhere life. in life, like, oh, or passive aggressive, like I guess you just don't love me. <laughs> don't be like that. It just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Ugh, yeah. I hate passive aggressiveness. Anyhow, um, my spouse and I don't share any of the same hobbies, so we don't spend any free time together. How can we find something that we both enjoy doing? <laughs> that was a <laughs> what a great question, um, and I'm laughing because you have whoever wrote the question has bifurcated themselves into. They've backed themselves into a corner and they've thrown their hands up and they're like, oh, well, we don't like any of the same things. And so now we don't, we don't get to spend time together. I would flip that around and say, and say we're going to spend time together. And with the time we have left, we're going to spend on our hobbies, right? Um, or maybe one day I do hobbies. One day we spend time doing things together. And I think you figure out things that you like to do together over time. Um, for me and my wife, often it's, reading a book next to each other. That's it. Cause I don't like her books. She doesn't like my books. We don't listen to the same podcast. We don't listen to say like we have very different, like I play guitar. She likes to garden. We have very different things that we do. Um, and so we have worked over time to find those things where we can spend time together and we have to be really intentional about it. And by the way, you just figure it out over time. And so it's something you practice like, man, I I've been trying to, I mean, she watched fights with me for years. She tried, man. She tried. Eventually, she's like, all those guys are super ripped. They look great. But I just, I got to, I want to go to bed. And so I get it. And there's other time, things I've tried. Like, I'll try, I'll try. I just can't. I, I, so you give it a shot. You give it a shot and you practice and you try and then you move on. I think this, I'm going to say this. I think we make every encounter the Super Bowl. Every time we have sex, it's the Super Bowl. It has to be mind-blowing both people have to have an orgasm both everything has to be just like this and if it doesn't we start immediately going okay what's wrong what didn't happen right what dude if you spend most of your life like most of life is a scrimmage we're just practicing and figuring out it's so much more fun you drop the ball in the scrimmage you're like you and your friends laugh at you your teammates are like idiot it's not end of time it's not like in front of ninety thousand people or whatever um, and so i think making taking the pressure off of you and your spouse and your friends um, on all things in your life, man. We're just we're just fumbling through this thing. That leads really nicely into this next question. Oh, look how cute that Thank is. You. My fiance and I are about to get married and we've saved ourselves for marriage. How do we not so put so much pressure on one night? I I think it's insane to not put pressure on that night. It's gonna be there. Like, you know what I mean? Um to try to depressurize that situation is, is I, I wouldn't waste that energy. The energy I would expend would be talking about it super directly. And that might be weird. If you are waiting until um, you get married to enter into a sexual relationship, you may not have spent a lot of time talking about it. And here's what it's going to be like. And my friend told me it was like this. Um, talk to people in your life that you trust who are down the road from you, right? Talk to other couples, um, not maybe not other couples, but other individuals have that conversation with each other. So there's some understanding of what this thing might look like. And by the way, it will be totally different than you think. And so I would head into it that way. And with the goal being connectivity and closeness, not performance across the board. Is that fair? It is, but can I add something? You can add of all things. <laughs> um, for the actual wedding night itself, mm -hmm. You're exhausted. Oh, you're so tired. Keep that in mind. That you're exhausted yes. because 
you've been planning this wedding and this thing and it's huge and it's a full day of family. It's just a, it's a lot of a day. It's an exhausting day. You probably, when you're married, you probably wouldn't do it on that day any other time throughout your history. Oh, never. No, because right? you'd be like, I'm so tired. I don't want, I've been around people all day long. Like, I yeah. just want to go to bed. Yeah, so you probably wouldn't. So that's what I mean. Like you put so much pressure, like it's going to be there. Because after the wedding, after all this stuff, all the people, all those little yellow mints, all everything, all the dancing, then you're like on the ride ho- to the hotel. You're like, I guess this is happening. Like a whole other. And I've had some friends of mine that have made agreements beforehand of, you know what? We're going to be so tired in the wedding. We're not even going to get out of there until midnight. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen that night. Let's party so Let's tomorrow. just call that. And then. But that goes about talking yeah, about it. Exactly. Right? That have goes about like talking about it. And um, I think it's imp- like. How do you, what you, you know, we talk about pictures and words on the show. How do you picture, do you picture me taking off your clothes? Do you picture you taking them off? Like, how do you, like, let's, let's have that conversation. And that way you don't end up having, I'm, I'm saying that and I'm watching these like hearts fly around my head in, through the monitor here. It's so surreal. But like, I think the more conversation you can have, the more you can set each other's expectation and you can match your pictures and words because Again, and I was just doing an interview before the show. We're in the first generation raised entirely on pornography, right? And so somebody's going to walk into that room with an expectation of something that's not real, right? And then somebody may not be connected to pornography at all. Or somebody may have been like, I don't know what I'm doing. And they went down a pornography rabbit hole. And they, so I think setting expectations intentionally is good. And by the way, talking about sex can be one of the most intimate, fun, hilarious, sexy things you can do if you can develop the the ability to have that conversation between yourselves. All right, last one. The things that turned my spouse on and the things that turned me on are completely different. How do we find common ground? I think sometimes you participate in somebody else's fantasy. I think you, and, and, and I, I use fantasy broad, I guess if you want to dress up like pirates, dress up like pirates, but I'm saying more like I, um, I, I just, I've just working with couples, like one, like really gets in the mood from like holding hands and touching and it's quiet. And then somebody else like wants somebody to take charge and somebody else wants somebody to just feel like it. So I think it's a saying those needs out loud and B, um, Tonight, we're going to have, I really want to have boring married sex. I want to have just regular boring married sex. Tonight, I really want to have some sort of storyline. I want to have some sort of thing that's out there um, that I've conjured up in my head that I want to like participate with you. Like, so I think it's a matter of there's some give and take there. Um, and then if, if there's some things, again, going back to the original question, if we just feel uncomfortable, um, I think you need to say out loud, like these things are making me uncomfortable. Okay, so that's it. All right. That was the last one. That you did a very ra- nice job. Wraps up the lightning round. Hey, uh, before we head out, if you have, here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, this is a funny ask on the back end of a lightning round about sex. I'm looking for success stories, not doing it success stories. I'm looking for, I mean, I guess so. Are you happy to send them in? Um, Kelly's like, please don't, please don't. I'm the one that reads She screams all I, these. I, no, thank you. Yes. Um, send in your success stories. If we've been doing this show for a couple years now, if you and your wife, y'all have changed the way you communicate, if you've changed the way you parent, um, if you have stopped using drugs, you lost a bunch of weight, you have gone back to counseling, if you've got a new job, send us the success stories in. This show um, gets increasingly heavier by the week. And so I really want to be able to put some light out into the world too. 
Uh, and so I would love to tell your success story, whether you're on the show or I can just read your uh, your letter. I would love to put some more light out there. So um, send them to johndeloney.com slash ask ASK and just put success story in the headlines. All right, we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Be honest. How often do you find yourself pausing in the middle of a day and it feels like there is so much going on and you find yourself wondering what would I do with just a spare hour or 30 minutes? Can you even imagine? And it's in these moments that we often realize we're living someone else's life. Everyone else's schedules, priorities, and emergencies are driving our lives, and we can't keep carrying this load for everyone and everything. And it's in these moments when it feels like too much or when you need some help parsing through all the chaos that talking to a professional therapist can be a game changer. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you have with boundaries, time, commitments, and your own self-worth. And that can be in relationships with your friends, people at work, your significant other, or even how you can make and keep commitments with yourself. Therapy can be amazing for figuring out what even makes you happy anymore and how to go make it happen. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, try BetterHelp. Because therapy isn't just for people who've experienced trauma. It's great for building skills so you can be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is completely online, so it's flexible enough to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, we are back. Let's go to Tom in Cleveland, Ohio. What's up, Tom? Hey, John. How's it going? Good, man. Go Bengals. What's up, dude? Hey, absolutely. Absolutely. Wrong town, but I'll, I'll go for them. The Browns aren't in anymore. I was going to so. say, at this point, y'all just need to be cheering for any Ohioan group, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, All right, so what's up, dude? So, John, I had a question. Um, I, I wrote down a little bit of it, but main question is uh, how to reunite with my wife and marriage um, and kind of a big story behind that. I did start my own business in 2018, and I think that's kind of what started it all. Um, she kind of took – I'm married uh, to my beautiful wife since 2014, um, but she was doing the finances at the time. Then, of course, when I you know got into my own business, uh, I started looking, you know, into the finances, numbers, stuff like that, and started doing budgeting. Then I, I noticed, you know, I thought we were under overspending, and it turned into, you know, trying to put the blame on her. Turned into arguments over a two-year, you know, period, and it turns, you know, it turned out to be I was being more like a dad to her yep. than her husband. I was just about to uh, say that, man. Yeah. Good for you. Good for and, you for and, catching that. And I, yeah, I really, I mean, I, I own up to it. And I, I know what, you know, it happened And you know, long story short, I wasn't her safe place anymore. Now. I mean, I, I did commit myself about a year and a half ago, you know, no more haggling over, you know, overspending and stuff like that. Um, you know, do it together, which has been good. Although I, I don't think we're back to where we can just, you know, openly talk cuddle, you know, simply enjoy each other every day and date. And how do I be that husband for her that she adores, you know, to be that safe space again? Yeah. Number one, dude, I just want to applaud you, man. 
I wish every husband in America would have the courage and the strength to do what you've done, which is to look in the mirror and say, I, I was doing the best I could with the tools I had. And those tools ended up making a bigger mess than helping. And I want to, I, I want to do something different. I want to be better. Good for you, man. Mm -hmm. That's hard, Tom. That's hard. So I want you to own that. Okay. Um, you're not going to like my answer. Is that cool? Absolutely. Okay. I'm, I'm open. And I'll also say that a lot of the beefcake, like, yeah, bro, let's go snap into a Slim Jim guys who listen to the show are going to naturally be like, oh, yeah, whatever, dude. And when I give you the answer, okay? And I don't care because I'm right. And usually I'm like, ah, maybe I'm right on this, okay? You have gone away. Basically what you've done is you have um, had a ceasefire. You have not dealt with the issues of peace, right? Right. And so what's beneath the question, what's beneath your concern about overspending? So the magic, you want to connect with your wife, reconnect with your wife. It's not on how many bullets are being fired. It's not, you're spending too much at Costco. You're just blowing. We could eat for way cheaper than that. Why are you spending so much? It's not that. It is, I'm, I'm starting a new business and I'm terrified that I'm going to wreck the family finances. I am scared to death about money because I grew up and I didn't have any money growing up and I want to be a better husband than my dad was for us and I don't know how to do it. I'm trying and when I see numbers like this, my body just reacts in a terrified way. The magic word here is vulnerability. It's being honest with your wife, not about how smart you are and how good you are at Excel spreadsheets and how in, in nitpicking all of the things she buys or doesn't buy. Beneath that is, I can't breathe. I'm scared to death. We're staring down the barrel of a recession. I'm afraid we're going to lose customers. I'm trying to hang on to my new business. Whatever is going on, people don't connect with one another over strength. They can accomplish great things. They can become partners, but you deepen a relationship through vulnerability. Does that make sense? That makes hundred percent sense. And that, that a while back ago, we, we had a good conversation and completely openness. And it, it was like, um, you know, couple hundred pounds off the shoulders yeah. <laughs> and and um i was just I, I i'm uh i'm in the middle of editing uh my book manuscript here is a, a, a straight and i don't know if i mentioned this on the show the other day i was having a conversation with somebody about it this is strange to me that it, it i had never thought this through but up until like a hundred or maybe 200 years ago everybody lived in a house that was relative like one room right maybe mm -hmm. there was a second room for the grown-ups but everyone lived in one room and so everybody knew if somebody had diarrhea or if somebody was sick or if somebody hooked up with so-and-so, the idea of secrets is new, right? The idea mm -hmm. that I can go in my room, shut my door, put a podcast in and go to a completely different planet than my kids and my spouse, that I can pick up a book and go down a rabbit hole or watch my own series on my iPad in my room with the door shut with my headphones on. Our bodies aren't designed for that. Why do I tell you that? 
what you just said, the 200 pounds like off your back, there is a biology to secrets. So secrets will kill you. And secrets come out, that angst you feel, that weight you feel about, I feel like when we're sleeping together, you're not fully with me. And it makes me nervous. It makes me feel like I'm, I'm alone. It makes me feel like, right? It comes out as, we don't ever have enough sex. Or you don't ever do anything cool in the, or you say nothing. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yep, the 100%. secret is way down there, which is, man, we're, 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 we're sleeping together. We are sharing a house. We're raising kids together, but we are two inches apart and 2000 miles away from each other. All of that, my brother, I don't care how tough you are, how strong you are, how big your truck is, whether you served in the military, I don't care what it, it all starts with vulnerability sitting in front of somebody and saying, this is what terrifies me about where we are right now. And here's the ugly thing about vulnerability. She can roast you, right? She can destroy you. Oh, my little pansy husband is just whining now. Oh, great. You want me to, here's your violin. And wives will do that. It's awful. It's, it's heartbreaking because the, they want to be adored. They want to be loved. And the only way they can be truly loved is if their husband has a space where they can be safe and say, I'm scared too. And that's just the world we've got right now. Somebody's got to go first. And I'm pointing at you, man. Go first. So tell me one thing. What are you scared about, brother? Well, I, I think you nailed it. You know, just with the business, although, you know, financially, it's not really a, um, a struggle, but it does cross my mind, you know, every day with, uh, you know, gosh, what if this thing goes, you know, goes belly up, but, um, you know, it's been real good. It's been real good. I got, you know, a good support from her from the start. And like, like I said, I didn't notice that, that I was pushing it on her until, you know, two years in and, and, uh, you know, I, I really regret it now, but. So um, let, let me, let me tell you something my wife told me. Um, so, uh, I, I've worked in education for my whole career. And without realizing it, I'd worked in nonprofits my whole career. I didn't, I didn't mean to, I never set out to, I just did. And uh-huh. in the, the universities and the, in the schools that I worked at, um, I got a salary and I worked 24, seven, 365 and my salary was always the same. And then I got this job. And if I write another book at night, instead of sleeping, instead of hanging out with my kids, I make more money. If I take another speaking gig, even though I'm exhausted and I got to get on a plane and fly to another city for two hours and then get on another, I make a lot more money. And so in the first three years of working here, I went crazy. I've never experienced this before. And over, uh, it was a few months ago now, my wife sat me down and said, I get to speak into this too, because this is my house too. And this is our life we're building. It's not your job. This is our life. And she said, the money bucket is full. And what she was telling me was, um, and she also said the same thing about my obsession with working out all the time. She said, I am as attracted to you as I can be. Like one more pound lost isn't going to be like, oh, there it is. And it's not like I'm as attracted to you as I can be. So any more obsession you have with getting more ripped or more cut or more what. She said, that's your problem. That's not for us. You make plenty of money. Any more money you need to go get 
is because of your ego, not because of your wife and kids need it. And that was a huge conversation for me. And so I tell you that, Tom, to sit down with her and give her a safe space. Maybe start with, I haven't given you a safe space. I haven't created a place where you could even say your needs out loud. What buckets are full? Is it time for me to hire somebody so that I can be home more and take some of the burden off of you? I can help with bedtime with the kids. I can take them for walks so that you can shower by yourself or use the bathroom by yourself, whatever stage you'll happen to be in. Um, And we're going to make less money because I'm going to hire somebody at work and that's okay. That's the season we're in. Or actually she's terrified about finances too. And so I'm actually going to work a side hustle. I'm going to, I'm going to get another job and I'm going to work crazy for 14 months to get us in a position so that, right. But let her for maybe for the first time speak into this world because I want to change the conversation in this country. She's not supporting your job. Y'all are doing life together and she may have a supporting role I don't even like that language. She's got a equally and powerful and important role. It may not come with a paycheck, but it sure keeps the ship going, right? And you can be the best fisherman in the world, but if there's not somebody driving the ship or if the ship's got holes in it, you're not going to catch any fish or you're going to catch a lot of fish. You're going to sink to the bottom of the ocean. And so the supporting and like, she's my, she's my number one fan and my support. That's no dude. It's a, it's a team effort. Let her speak into that. But all of that starts with you going first and you being that word that we all hate, man. There's just not a way around it. Being vulnerable. Saying, I'm scared to death and I can't breathe. I haven't been the guy that I wanted to be. What kind of husband do you need in this season? And how can I help create a world where you feel safe? How can I meet your needs so that you have the capacity to help me meet my needs? Go first, man. Go first. It's, it's, an, it's an honor to talk to you, Tom. I wish more men had the courage and bravery and strength that you do. Hopefully, they'll listen to this call and be inspired. Thanks for being brave, man. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. Let's go out to Gretchen in Pittsburgh. What's up, Gretchen? Hi, Dr. John. This is cool hearing you through my phone. It's, I listen to you all the time on YouTube. It's cool hearing you through my phone. Very cool. What's up? So. My question for you is, um, I, oh gosh, how do I say this? I really, uh, Hey Gretchen, um, we are way past that on this show. Just say whatever. <laughs> I know, good. I know, I know, but it's always more nerve wracking once with you. Um, so I really do not like sex. Okay. Um, I, I, I think the word I use is like, I resent it. I resent sex as a whole. Partially just, I think it's due to a lot of things. For me, it's, it feels very mandatory. Um, I also just have this feeling like I genuinely don't need it. I don't want it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's causing issues because I know my husband needs it. I was going to say, are you married? (laughs) I am married. I've been married for um, about 15 months. And... I actually didn't, I did not have sex before marriage. I was a virgin when I got married. Um, and we kind of didn't anticipate any issues in, in this regard because granted, even in the confines of trying to remain a virgin before marriage, you know, you still, you make out and, and you feel a passionate connection towards one another. And then I got married and it feel like, felt like it went away. 
Mm. Um, and now it's to the point where I have absolutely no interest in having sex with my husband yeah. at all. Yeah. None. Um, and I'm not hundred percent sure why I could probably come up with a list of possible reasons, but I just, and I'm kind of at a point where I don't really know what to do about it because I know while I may not need it, I know he needs it. And it's getting very challenging for me because I'm just kind of in this, please don't touch me. I don't want to be touched. I don't, I don't feel like this doing this today. And even on the times that I kind of muster up enough to have sex with my husband, I mean, I enjoy it once I get there, Mm -hmm. but getting there is like very hard for me. Um, and I'm, and again, I'm at a point where I like, I don't really know what to do about it. And I want to fix it because I, I want to want to have sex. Of course. But I, I don't. Excellent. Well, number one, thank you for saying that out loud. I imagine you're not telling a whole bunch of people that. Is that fair? No, I think I've mentioned it to two girlfriends. Okay. One agreed with me and one was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to run through. So number one, I want you to know you are absolutely not crazy. You're not alone. Okay. And not alone to the tune of millions. Okay. So you're not nuts. Cool. Good. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Um, I'm going to run through a series of questions that I always ask folks in this situation. Okay. Yes. Um, but before I do that, I want to at first acknowledge it happens a lot for people who ha- uh, choose to remain a virgin until they're married is that sex becomes, to to use religious imagery, becomes an idol. It becomes a thing that is going to solve and fix all things. And it's going to be, um, like you probably heard it said in your religious organization, your bodies will just know what to do and it will just be this syncing up and this magic whatever. And I'm just, I, I just don't think that's accurate. Um, yeah, and, I'll agree. And so there's this powerful pressure put on it. And not only that, as a woman, you have this performance pressure and this Instagram world pressure that you've got to compete with, fill in the blanks, all those things. Um, you and your husband, are, how old are you? I'm 25. Yeah, so we, I was just talking about this earlier on in the show. Y'all both were raised in a culture, whether y'all participated or not, that was raised entirely by pornography. And so the, either the images or the, this is what it's supposed to look like. And this is, we're all supposed to be screaming and yelling and having chaos. And it's supposed to be fun and exciting. And the wallpaper is just supposed to fall off the walls on its own. And the house catches on fire. That's the world that we've all, that you've been handed. This is what it's supposed to look like. And there's no playbook for the weird, awkward what are you do uh, that is real sex, especially as a couple's getting to know each other, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no, and so everything feels like failure or screwing up. I don't like this. And depending on our bodies, some of our, and this is about experience. This is about um, genetics. This is about a whole cascade of things. Some bodies respond to failure and to this isn't working right. And this isn't what looks, this was, wasn't what my picture was. They respond to that by running head in head first into that burning building. They're firemen and women. They run straight in. I'm going to solve this problem. Let's keep working on it. And other people get out of the building. They shut the thing down, right? 
So I, w- I just want to start this before I ask you questions. Like start by acknowledging, man, you guys have built a hell of pressure to live up to, right? Mm-hmm. So number one, are you? Um, do you have any abuse in your past? No. Okay. None that you can think of, or just no. All good. I guess. I, I guess it depends on the context. Um, sexual abuse, no. Physical abuse, no. Uh, my dad's a little rough around the edges, and okay. I think there's some emotional trauma that comes with that. But I wouldn't consider it abuse. Okay. So it depends on your definition. Okay. Um, are you on any sort of birth control? No. No. Just rocking and rolling. No. Uh, yeah, I learned how to natural family plan, um, and when doing. A lot of my research, I just determined that that was the best way to go. And so okay. far, I've had no issues. Okay. Um, and I'm smiling <laughs> every time someone's like, nah, dude, we're just, we're just doing it natural. Those are always my friends that ended up with their kids first. But you do you. You do you. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So, and the reason I asked that is it, before I did anything, I would go see my doctor about hormones. Mm-hmm. Okay. 100%. Okay. Before you do anything else, before we have any more conversations, before you go see a counselor, I would have you go get your hormones checked. Um, the reg- hormone regulation is all over the place. And depending on what rabbit hole you go down, it can be diet related. It can be, you know, experience related. It can be genetic. Who cares? Who It, it just is. So I would go have all of those things checked. Have you done that? I have not. Okay. So okay. That's a good idea. Okay. I would do that. Third, is your husband... You love him. I know that. Is he a jerk or a bully or a, why won't you do this? Or I want this. Um, yeah, pretty much. Okay. That has to stop because your body, I know your body's trying to protect you. Yeah. I had a feeling that was what the answer to this was going to be. Tell me about him. Um, (laughs) So, um, we met, I'm actually originally from Buffalo. Um, I met him when we, when I moved to Pittsburgh, when I, after I graduated from college, um, and he is someone who has an addictive personality. Mm -hmm. He's also incredibly particular and it leads to just like endless nitpicking about the most ridiculously little things. Some of it seems unnecessary a lot of the times. Um, I deal with it. I have a pretty thick skin. So, you know, I kind of let it roll off my back. I think the problem is, is that it doesn't really roll on my back. Nope. And then it manifests in other ways like this. Bessel van der Kolk wrote the book and the title of the book is The Body Keeps the Score. Yeah. You can be tough Buffalo gal all day long. And Buffalo gals are tough. Make no mistake. Right. (laughs) Um, But... Your body might say, oh, you're not leaving? Okay, cool. We're shutting the system down. Yeah, I think that's what's been going on. Um, and a lot of times, especially new couples, with, and again, I say this with all due respect, and if he was on the phone, I would say this to him directly, okay? Um, he can have a quote-unquote addictive personality, or he can have OCD, or he can have ADHD. He can have all these things. He can also be an ass, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you can have all that stuff. Great. That's a context. It's not an excuse to be disrespectful to your wife. It's not an excuse to not help create an environment where she feels, her body feels safe enough to be sexual. 
and nitpicking and why not this? Why are you wearing that? And oh my gosh, you need to lose five pounds. All that crap, like that's creating a world that sex becomes, it's a place that sex and intimacy can't inhabit because the world is so toxic. And here's what often happens. You become his mom. You start taking over responsibility for making sure he feels okay. And it's really hard to want to have sex with your kids. Yeah. I think, I think for me, it's actually more the other way of like, it'd be like having sex with my dad because I spent most of my childhood kind of, again, playing into making sure that my dad stays calm or quiet or whatever. And I think this feels very similar. Um, and so instead of like necessarily your kid, it feels more like very, it's very similar to my childhood. Gotcha. Um, Okay. There we go. So, um, here's, here's your, here's your path forward. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, is, is, can you be real honest with me? Sure. Uh, is he abusive? No. Emotionally? I don't let him be emotionally abusive. That sounds really tough and cool. And I appreciate you uh, flexing. Is he emotionally abusive? I, I don't know. I really don't know if I can answer that. Like, I... Can you... Let me put I'm it... struggling to say yes because I don't really want to say yes. There you because go. Because I don't know if I could... I don't want to say yes. Okay. <laughs> I will leave you to deal with your reality, but you know the truth. Mm-hmm. You also know... That guys can wrap themselves up and I'm a good guy and they can be hyper abusive without ever saying a word. Their presence can hover around a home like a grizzly bear. And when you ask them, dude, what's wrong? Why are you always asking what I'm wrong? You're like driving me crazy because you're always nitpicking me. I'm just sitting here watching TV. Bullcrap, dude. That whole thing was a flex. Just as much as if someone was yelling and screaming and smashing glasses up against the wall. It's just a slow nuclear reactor burn. Mm-hmm. And if you grew up with that in your home, your body knows you better disappear, kid. Right? Yeah, it 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 puts a like peacemaking filter on because that's what I did as a child. I was the peacemaker of the household. Right. And so then it, that becomes the priority of how do we end the conflict? And I will say I am sometimes equally as guilty as being explosive. Sure. But it takes me, I think, a lot longer to get there than it does. And he's not explosive and angry. It's just the criticism is never ending. Right. So here's what y'all are in desperate need of. Number one, before today's over, I want you to make a doctor's appointment to go get all of your hormone levels checked. Okay. It's going to cost money. It's going to be a pain in the butt. Go get it done. Okay, even if nothing else, you're 25, it'd be a great baseline to have as you get older, okay? Second thing is, you all need to call a marriage counselor today. And if he won't go, tell him we have to learn how to communicate because I'm not safe in this marriage anymore. My body's shutting itself down and I've got to find a different way to live. I want you to come with me. And when you go to counseling, you are going to have to risk him getting up and walking out with your honesty, by saying things like, I'm not safe with you here, or you, I've, you've got to stop criticizing me because I can't stand before you with no clothes on and say, do you love me? If you're always criticizing me, and criticizing me, and criticizing me and blaming me, I can't do that. 
He's got to hear that from you. And it sounds like he is not safe enough or, or, or that would be a smart conversation for you to have by yourself. So you need to go get a counselor and have that conversation. But what I'm telling you overall is you need to take drastic action. And again, we could talk about um, asexual and people who just have no sex drive. That's a whole other conversation. The last thing I want you to do, get Emily Nagotsky's book, Come As You Are. Order it on Amazon today. And I want y'all to read it together. Emily Nagotsky's Come As You Are. Read it together. And it will be awkward for y'all to read together. I get it. But it will give y'all a new language and a new way to have this conversation about how do we create a world where my body feels safe enough that sex becomes exciting and fun. And what role are you, husband, going to play in helping me co-create that context? that world, that environment, that ecosystem. Go get that book today. Have it sent to your house and you'll read it together. Thank you so much for your trust. And man, we will be rooting you on. Anytime you want to call, give me a shout. We'll be here. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, that was episode one of Sex and Marriage and Intimacy Week or whatever we're calling this. What are we calling this thing? Valentine's Week. What up? All right. Song of the day is by the great Bruno Mars. And I don't know who Anderson Pack is. The group. They formed a group called Silk Sonic. Ah, Silk Sonic. Oh, Bruno Mars and AP. Song is called Leave the Door Open. It goes like this. Say, baby. Say, baby. Say, baby. What you doing? Where you at? Oh, you got plans? Don't say that. <laughs> I'm sipping wine in a robe. Ew, I'm out of here, dude. <laughs> I look too good to be alone. All right, that's all right. Hey, love you guys. We'll see you soon.